Who's ready to hear the word of God this morning? I just want to say another thing. Pauline mentioned that uh, if you are in church for the first time or you haven't been to a church like this, it's just how we um, we express ourselves in uh, in church. So, um, uh, just want to also say, I'm just trying to catch my thoughts here. Just want to thank everybody for their cooperation with uh, the building work out the front. We're not finished yet, so levels aren't right. We know that. And we're going to be working on those things uh, as time goes on. We're trying to finish one thing at a time. One thing I will say is uh, you notice that the, the lovely new concrete's all been bunted off. We've had it specially sealed so it can't get stained and all those things in the future. But the, the catch is we can't drive on it until at least Wednesday. Foot traffic's okay. So uh, anything with wheels, wheelbarrows, um, horse and cart, all that sort of thing, not allowed on there. So uh, I know you're going to go home thinking I'm going to rig up the pony and take it straight on there don't do that um, so I want to speak this morning um, following on a little bit from what Pastor Josh spoke on last week and that is the Holy Spirit um, because we are a Holy Spirit church and we don't want to lose the distinctive of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives so it's not something we say oh well the church is this if, if we are part of the church then it's got to be part of us that Holy Spirit element in our life. So I want us to take a look at our um, the spiritual understanding and how it relates to everything. Because sometimes we think, well, uh, and, I, and I know because we're people, and I am a people myself, and so what we, what we love to have is, is compartments for everything. And so that's church compartment there, so that's how I behave when I go to church. That's work compartment, that's how I work, that's how I behave at work. That's, that's my husband compartment, so that's how I talk to my husband compartment. But what God wants us to have and live with is a Holy Spirit in every part of our life. So it's one life, not lots of little boxes all over the place that are separate from each other. So uh, today, I don't just want us to speak about it, we're going to activate and familiarize ourselves with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give you time this morning that we're going to have a little bit more worship later and we're going to we're going to give ourselves over and say Holy Spirit what we've just heard about today we want to be part of us. And before I go as uh, we were worshiping in that this morning I I really want to encourage all those who have um, uh, graduated through our Bible college here and uh, you know, you know who you are, there's many of you here this morning, but the word that the Lord gave me for every single one of you is you're, you didn't do Bible college to do what you're doing right now. So perhaps if you're a Bible college student, why don't you, oh, I don't want to embarrass you too much, um, everyone close your eyes. <laughs> everyone close your eyes, just put your hands up for all those college students, all those graduates here, just put your hands up this morning, because I'm going to pray today that that God does something in you because you didn't do college to do what you're doing today. You did Bible college because the Holy Spirit has a purpose and a direction and a, and a, a reason for your future. And many of you have been called to greater things. Now, I know some of you have done college, haven't got your hands up, so you'll miss out. Put your, keep your hands up. Lord God, I just pray right now, Father. No one's looking around. You don't have to be embarrassed. Everyone's got their eyes shut. I just pray right now, Lord God, that you do something in today's message that sparks something of the supernatural, that creates a, 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 a fire 
that takes these people, and we don't have a time frame of it, but Lord takes their, takes their life and says, God, I'm laying it on your altar. I'm laying it for your service. So Lord, I just pray right now for every single student here who, who has uh, studied your word, that has given themselves to learn, that you will take them beyond where they are today into the purpose and the, and the, the blessing of God to minister in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going everywhere today. I'm a little bit scattered. Um, but uh, we're going to familiarize ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 7, verse 55. I've titled my message, Full in the Spirit. And Acts 7, verse 55, it's up on the screens there. It says, but Stephen, or really, I should say Stephan. I had a hairdresser called Stephan. Do you remember him, Luke, in Mount Barker? Stephan, the hairdresser. He's a cool dude. But Stephan, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honour at God's right hand. See, Stephen at this point is defending himself. A little bit of background to the story. He's, de he's defending himself in court and um, he, he's a follower of Jesus and that's put him in jail and before the courts. And he's shortly to be sentenced to death. The, 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 you read on, very quickly he's sentenced to death um, and uh, they, they take him out and they stone him to death. But I want us to give attention to the words full of the Holy Spirit. That's our key thing this morning, being full of the Holy Spirit. Not a little bit of the Holy Spirit, not a once a week on a Sunday of the Holy Spirit, but having a lifestyle of full of the Holy Spirit in every part of what we do. So... Uh, the context of Stephen's situation here, he was full of the Holy Spirit when he wasn't in church. He was full of the Holy Spirit when things weren't working for him, they were working against him. He was full of the Holy Spirit in a hostile place where people weren't on his side. So um, at this moment, Stephen isn't looking at the walls of the court or the, the judge or the prosecution or even the angry crowd that are around him, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit and he gazed steadily, gazed steadily into heaven. That's an amazing little scripture here right now. When we start to, to, to get the, the, the perspective of what's going on, and if you're like me, you read your Bible, you read through things real quick and you don't take the time to, to see those, those really important details. And I know if I was telling the story, I would have said, well, I was waiting for, for, for Stephen, to, before he could gaze into heaven, to be in a place where he'd been praying for, for a month and fasting and on an island where he was just relaxed and, and had the presence of God all around him and he had a Bible and a note pen and suddenly he gazed into heaven. Sometimes we think that's the kind of life that is going to get us these spiritual encounters with God, but here he is in the most dangerous of places for a Christian to be that is before the courts and he sees a, a vision of heaven. See, spiritual life as Jesus intended will lift us to see beyond what's happening to us and what's happening around us to see higher, better things. So Stephen was seeing something that others in the room couldn't see. And in the natural, he was not free. He was, he was arrested, he was facing court, and he was being held in custody. 
and being shortly condemned to death. The true power of the Holy Spirit in you is to enable spiritual seeing. Call it prophetic. Uh, I guess that's the best you know, description. It's having a spiritual understanding beyond what we see, what we can uh, experience, what we're experiencing around us. I feel God is going to pour into people today the Holy Spirit to see like you've never been able to see before. So God wants to open our eyes to spiritual things. He wants us to be ready for something. So most humans, uh, that means all of us, live according to the impulses of their feelings, not us, most others. Live according to the impulses of their feelings. We're feeling orientated. That's not the right way to say it, that's what I said. But the most accurate way to miss out purpose in God is to be mot motivated only on what is seen around us and what we can feel. Now what I see here by Stephen is a man who is motivated by the Holy Spirit, not by what was happening around him. A man whose focus was on an, an eternal perspective, not just what was going to happen to me next. And we've got to, we, 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 um, we so easily miss out on the, the call, the reason, the purpose of our life because we've lived motivated by our feelings and our experiences and our situation. So the, I've called it, I describe it like this. Sorry, I haven't put that one in there. I've got to get a better person to do my overheads. Sometimes we live our life according to seeking the gold, that like physical things, uh, the girls' physical pleasures, or guys if you're a girl, or any other expression you might have. And glory, so, so we can live our life wanting physical things. The gold, the girls, or the glory. See, that's called Hollywood, but that's not spiritual. And so um, we, need to, we, we, we need to develop within ourselves the culture of the Spirit that causes us not to be focused on things that are of this world, but be focused on things that are of the, the supernatural world that we can't so easily see and experience. But Stephen, in the midst of of his physical trial was transported into a spiritual seeing. I'm so excited. Be, we've got to be different from other people. We've got to be different from the other humans that are surrounding us. Live spiritually minded. So uh, when you think of some of the stories from the Old Testament, Daniel went into the lion's den. He was condemned to die because he saw in the spirit, Daniel chapter 5. That's what took him to the lion's den because he wasn't seeing what was physically happening. He was seeing and believing for a spiritual thing. Somewhere he hasn't been yet, but it's something that he believed. Uh, his three friends, I won't mention their names, they went into the fiery furnace because they saw in the spirit. That's Daniel chapter 3. There's a woman in the Bible called Esther and she stood before the king at the risk of her own life because she saw in the spirit. That's it found in Esther chapter 4, verse 16. So we see um, the, the Holy Spirit working on people's physical situations when they look terrible, when they look bad, and uh, when they were able to see the spiritual connection, God was able to rescue them from those things. 
So living and seeing spiritual things is what Jesus had already intended. And Jesus left his disciples with this promise. Oh, sorry, I've already got it there. Jesus' promise to the disciples is that he would send the Holy Spirit and that they would be filled with power. That they would be filled with power. So we, we've got all our own uh, explanations of what that means, but I think to make it simple, it just means that the Holy Spirit in us enables us for whatever can come against us. <coughs> whatever that may be. However challenging that may be. See, the Holy Spirit gives us a few things that we, that we uh, ought to experience. So the Holy Spirit gives eyes that see spirit things and ears that hear spirit things. What's Proverbs 20 verse 12? It says this. Ears to hear and eyes to see both are gifts from the Lord. Now I know this, this has a physical uh, relationship to us that, that, that having those, uh, those senses is, is, a, is a natural thing. There's people dying down here. Can we turn the air conditioners up, please? It's not my, it's not my preaching. It's a physical environment. Eyes that see spiritual things and ears that hear spiritual things. So that Proverbs 20, I think, has, has a deeper meaning to say that when we see spiritual, we, we can and should experience seeing spiritual things Every day, or often at least. The second thing, a mind that thinks spiritual things. Romans 8 verse 6 tells us, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Pretty, pretty straightforward. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Thank you. Third thing we see, faith that believes spirit things. Because sometimes we, we, we miss the point that we've we got to allow our mind and our spirit to connect together and believe what God says in his word. Spiritual things. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9 tells us the gifts, uh, there, there is a gift of great faith that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now what that great faith may mean in your life depends on what you're believing God for. But the, the, the main factor is believe God for something. Believe God for, for, for better. Believe God that he can use you. Believe God that you can encourage something or somebody. But believe God for it. And the fourth one talks about a life that lives spirit things for here and now. Because sometimes we can think, well, it's for the future. It's for some other time. But God wants you to start on the journey of living full of the spirit in your now moments. Galatians 5 verse 25 says, follow the Spirit's leading in every part of your life. So that means, as I said earlier, in every box, put God in all of them. It's not about, following God is not about being a weird person. It's not about weird. This is about inner strength from God that stands against the devil's plan because we see God's plan. And we have an eternal perspective so the thing we need to adopt in ourselves is having an eternal perspective because what took daniel uh his three friends and esther before the, the those who could condemn them to death and and come out the other side was because they had a eternal perspective 
And Daniel's three friends, they said, King, we're not going to bow down to your idol, if you know the story. The king makes his great, great big statue and says, everybody's got to worship my statue. Whoever doesn't is going to get thrown in the fire. They said, King, we're never going to worship your statue. We've got an eternal perspective. And they said, um, even, if you, even if you throw us in there, whatever happens, we're not going to worship your idol. And there's, there's a backbone that comes upon you in the spirit when you see spiritual things and you have an eternal perspective that says, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to be that kind of person because I've got to be bigger than that. I have an eternal perspective. I am a, a person filled with the Holy Spirit who sees things that others aren't seeing. See, we need to have freedom in our lives, but not religion. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit being full in our lives, it's not about a religious observance. It's not about I do this and I do that and I don't touch these things and I never eat that. Uh, it's not about that. The, the power of the Spirit, when Christ came, when he gave his life, set us free from the law of sin and death, which ultimately equals a religious observance to the things of God. I know that might be a bit of a challenge for some of you to, to comprehend because I, I know we all have an inner thing to say, well, I'm better than others because I don't do those things and I'm better than them because I, I haven't done that. That's just our, our natural man speaking. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we are born again to be set free from every spiritual bondage and uh, containment, restriction, whatever we want to say. So attempting spiritual things using your own imagination or your own energy. And sometimes I think a lot of people run around out of their imagination saying, well, God's told me this and, and God's telling me that. And, and you know, they, they, they're on that fringe of weirdness. And they're just, they're actually making really dumb decisions and then they're saying, but, but it's God's fault. It's not that, it's not about that. You know, I, I, mean, I must admit, as a pastor, you, you're like a magnet for the weird who people want to ring you up telling you all this weird stuff. And you go, that's really, that's wonderful. But... but attempting to live spiritually out of your own imagination or your own energy or your own willpower does not equal having the Holy Spirit in you because you'll never have willpower enough to take you through. You, you, you'll never have the, the, the capacity that the Holy Spirit can give you to do the things that you need to do. So the Christian walking with Jesus should desire regular spiritual encounters of the Holy Spirit kind. I think that's the normal that we need to aim for. That we, that we need to be saying, God, I need to have some of those things. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to sit in your, your uh, workplace and, and, and suddenly see amazing visions of heaven. If you do, that's, that's amazing and great. But you need to start by developing the ability to hear God's voice speak to you through his word. And maybe this, some of those other things might come later when you've learned to discern the word of God because the, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us himself, that the devil will come masquerading as an angel of light to fool even the, the most experienced believer. 
And so we need to realize that. So we, we need to say, well, maybe, you know, we might have some amazing manifestation come into our life one day, but we need to realize whether and discern whether it's from God or not, or whether it's some deceiving spirit. But I tell you, some of these encounters that we need to desire, they, they happen when you're they happen often when, when you're with God, when you're praying, uh, when you're reading a word, when you're sitting in church, uh, when you're driving your car, doing the dishes. Sometimes you're just relaxing, minding your own business, and God starts to show you things. Maybe you're at work. Those who develop their spiritual senses can experience the Holy Spirit in very special moments because we're living full of the Holy Spirit all the time. You know, I'll give you an example of living in the Holy Spirit I was at home one day minding my own business and the phone rang and it was, I was a youth pastor at the time and, and this mother rang and you know sometimes you have those phone calls you think, oh no, what is it now? She was one of their mums. And she says, uh, I can't remember the full amount of details but anyway, her son should have been at school but he wasn't at school and she must have contacted school and they said, well, your son's not here and she thinks he's at school and she doesn't know where he is and so she rings me. He says, my son's supposed to be at school. Or I rang the school or whatever, contacted the school. He wasn't there. And I, I want to know where he is. And, and I said, well, I don't know where he is. And you know those times where you want to be Christian, but you're thinking, <laughs> like what? So I said, look, I, I don't know where he is. I, I, I haven't seen him. I, I, I think maybe she thought I kidnapped him, maybe. I don't know. I said, look, I don't know where he is. So we had a little discussion and then I put down the phone and I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking to myself, I just want to blow off steam. I'm, I'm ticked off. You know, you get that. So I think, I don't know what she want me to do. But anyway, something spiritual came upon me right now and I began to see something. And I said, okay, God, um, I, I was a little concerned. And I said, well, God, you know where he is right now. And I said, God, you know, Help me to, show me where he is. And I've, I've told this story before and I, I, I had this like thought come from the Holy Spirit, said go down to the old meatworks factory down in Mount Barker and, and, and go look down there. And so I drove down there and it was, it, in those days this, this, fact, this old factory was, was just like a junkyard. The, the car park was full of old machinery and junk and all that. It wasn't like a nice thing. And I drove down there thinking, well, how am I supposed to find anyone in here? And I drove around once and I saw this person walking through the car park with a school bag on their back and it was him. And I drove over to him and said, hey, how you going? <laughs> he's like, oh. He's, he's, he's like in that thing between being sprung and like, you know. I said, where are you going? He goes, oh, nowhere. I said, oh, jump in the car. I said, you should have been at school. Oh, yeah. I said, well, your mum's been looking for you. And I was able to take him back home. But that was a spark of the Holy Spirit. And, and God wants us to work in those kind of ways all the time. But here's a simple rule about being filled with the Spirit. I know it's dynamic. It's very deep. And you're going to be so wowed by it. Read this out to yourself. You can't feel something if it is already full of something else. 
So you could try and fill your car with fuel, but if you filled that with, with sugar, you're not going to go anywhere. Turn to someone and say, you can't fill something if it's already full of something else. So the point is, the point is make space in life for the Holy Spirit. If you're too full of everything else, you're too full. Get used to saying no to things. Because we, you know, I don't want to be mean to people today, but we've become so used to saying no to God all the time. We do it every day. We do it without even thinking. And we're saying, oh, no, I can't do that, God. I'm too full. Oh, no, I can't do that. I'm too full. You know, one of, the, one of the challenges we have in our church right now at this point in time is having enough people to serve our kids. And we've got people telling us, oh, no, we're too full. What I know is full is the kids' church area is too full and we need leaders, we need helpers, we need kids. We're going to serve these kids. And we've got a church of people saying, well, I'm too full, I'm too busy. Well, you need to empty so that you can let God minister through you oh that hurt but we need to make space in life for the holy spirit practice saying sorry i'm already full to the devil practice saying that when when the opportunity of god comes into your life and the thing is there's always the time where there's a door opening in the spiritual things for you to step into. There's always another alternative that will lead you astray and lead you away from the purpose of God. And often that is because I'm just too full. My hands are too full. I just can't take on another thing. You know something? We need to evaluate ourselves all the time and saying, well, God, what do you want me, what do you want me to be doing right now? Do you want me to be in the music team? Then, God, I want to give my everything to the music team. And you're thinking, well, I'm gonna, I want to stay up all night and, 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 and eat pizza and, and drink Coke and watch TV. Uh, uh, and you think, well, God, I'm too full. You're full of something. You're not allowed to mention from the pulpit. And then you all know what I'm talking about. That's the worst part. We need to start staying to, to, the, to the plans of the devil. Sorry, I'm already full. I've already, I've already made up my mind. I'm seeing things in the spiritual way that I couldn't see before. It's time that we make room for the Holy Spirit. Start saying, I'm full to the devil's plan. just want to stop for a second and just say that there's people here today and and you're at the tipping point moment where, you're going to, where, where, where you can say, God, I'm going to pursue after open doors that you're opening before me. And at the same time, there's, there's other openings that seem like they're very plausible, very, very reasonable, very uh, attractive. And we, we need to realize and, and start living full of the spirit that says, well, God, I, I, I can see where your spirit's leading. And that comes by discipline people smacking you but disciplining yourself by saying god i'm going to live a disciplined life and that starts by saying god i know what your word speaks about i know what you require from me because your word speaks to me 
That's the most important discipline we have. The other one is saying, God, I'm going to... We, we talk a lot about praying, but we never talk much about listening to what God's t- telling us to pray. Or saying, God, I want to listen to what you've said after I've prayed. We can call out to God for our needs, but we've also got to let God speak into those needs. Because, I, I, I mean, I was very good at saying, getting before God saying... Oh, God, I pray, for, I pray for a wife. God, I pray for a new car. God, I need a new job. And God, uh, you know, pray for all these things and, and say, okay, God, see ya. And he goes, hang on. If you waited a minute, I would give you some instruction. Is that making sense to you this morning? But the Holy Spirit in you allows growth spiritually if you will allow enough room for him. Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verse 8. And when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Verse 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. See, The presence of the Holy Spirit draws people to God. The Holy Spirit reveals God to those who don't know God. The Holy Spirit in us will point people to Jesus. Wouldn't that be great of your life to say, I was so full of the Spirit that people would ask me? What is that? Maybe they'll see something in you, a, a Something that's different that they just don't see every day. Something unusual. The Holy Spirit in the church will point people to Jesus. I don't want to have church that that leaves people in doubt. What's that about? You know, we, we, we spend time on our presentation, but that doesn't replace the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's just presentation. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And that's what we need to believe for. The Holy Spirit will guide us where to go, when to go, when to stay, when to plant. So you don't need to, none of us need to live blind or without a clear direction and sometimes we're battling with with things where does God want me to be should I do this should I do that sometimes those decisions we overcomplicate, and we just need to say God I'm going to settle in one place I'm going to anchor myself in certain ways not taken taken away by every distraction I believe there's someone here today and you're making plans like you always have about life. But what you haven't done before is let the Holy Spirit set the course. That's a challenge. Because we make plans. It's what we're designed to do. It's what we're taught to do. Make plans. see, See things and go, well, that's what I'm going to do. But God is wanting to start something fresh in our lives from today that we start to say, Holy Spirit, what are your plans? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to to empty of myself so that I can be more full of you? 
And that will start by small decisions of discipline. So how that relates to you is, is depending upon those things that the Holy Spirit wants to convict you of. But don't be so stubborn as to miss those small things from the Spirit. So why don't we bow our heads this morning. And I know that specifically right now, some of you are thinking, well, I don't know the direction. I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking about that. And that makes a lot of sense. Maybe I should be over there or over there. The Holy Spirit wants to speak into those decisions, those, those um, practical things in your life saying, listen to me and I will direct the paths of your feet. Perhaps those and you want to be effective in reaching other people. You want to be effective in reaching the hurting and the lost and the broken. God's saying if you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be a beacon, you'll be a lighthouse for other people to come to. You won't even have to look very far. People will, will see you from a distance and they'll come to you. Be full of the Holy Spirit and that will be you. Those who desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit desire encounter with God. You need to make space today for the Lord to be filled in your life. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning and I'm going to ask people to respond by uh, stepping forward. And perhaps you're, you're here this morning and you've never heard anything like this before. That's, that's quite okay. But one of the things that Jesus said about himself is he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one can come to the Father. No one can come to God except through me. What Jesus was describing was the way to get ourselves right with God. And that is when we believe in Jesus to say, Jesus, I believe who you say you are. And we make that step of saying, God, I believe. Jesus, I believe in you. Then the next thing we do is we say, will you forgive me of my sins? See, sometimes we think God is going to be like a, 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 a genie in a bottle where he's going to answer all our questions and give us everything we ever wanted. That's the gold, the glory, and the girls, that kind of a lifestyle. We think, well, God, you didn't, you didn't perform. No. What God promised was he would deal with our sin and make a way for us to get right with God. And he never, ever misses that mark. When we think it's all about our, our luxury and all those other things, we've missed it. We've got to have an eternal perspective like Stephen, who when he was in court being sentenced to death, sees heaven. He says, you know what? You can do whatever you want to my body because I've got a spiritual inheritance. And I see Jesus. I see Jesus. And maybe today, as we reach out to the Lord, you're going to get a new perspective on Jesus in your life and where he is. Stephen saw Jesus. While, he's, while Stephen's in court, Jesus is sitting in heaven at the right hand of God in victory. And we don't get full victory in this world until we go to glory with Jesus. When we start to realize that, we start to live in that spiritual dimension saying, I'm not going to bow down to the idols of this world. I'm not going to I'm not going to stop praying as Daniel did. 
because you're threatening me to be thrown to the lions or whatever it is that you face today why don't we I'm going to invite you to come forward and the ministry team would love to support you and pray with you and believe with you that you may be filled some of you maybe for the first time you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit some of you maybe just to, to say God I want you to move through me more and more then why don't you come and we'd love to pray with you today